It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world. Bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors. Covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. Episode 7 of our fall series as it rolls on here. And as we get into mid-October, we're starting to see the push and pull of cold and warm air that is causing some issues. We're going to talk about that uh, weather forecast for the upcoming weekend and week beyond in our second segment. But up first, our first race of focus, probably one of my favorite episodes of the year on everything under the sun. Let's announce the winners of the 2022 Weather Photographer of the Year contest. Liz Bentley and the winning photographer join me as we sit back and relax. Friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. AccuWeather's partnership with the Royal Meteorological Society has been amazing on this Weather Photographer of the Year contest, and we're so glad to have done it again this year. And we've had some amazing pictures. Uh, we gave you that short list. We allowed the public to vote, and now we're announcing all the winners. If you didn't miss the uh, formal announcement back last week on October 6th, we're going to talk about it here with the chief executive of RMETS, Dr. Liz Bentley. Professor Bentley is also joined by the winning photographer. Christopher Eisen, as we talk about how he got his photograph and the judging for the uh, fan vote, how uh, the public voted, and all the other categories. It's my favorite episode of the year as we announce the winners of Weather Photographer of the Year for 2022. And we're very happy to welcome in our dear friend, Dr. Liz Bentley, Chief Officer, Executive of our friends at RMETS, and uh, we'll be talking with the winner, Chris Eisen of the Weather Photographer of the Year contest in just a second. I know, Liz, when you look back at this, this is a long undertaking to get all of this together. I mean, it felt like we started talking about this uh, six, seven months ago, but you know, the ramp up through the summer, the folks putting all the uh, submissions in, and then you guys uh, having to spend a lot of time wading through a lot of images to do the judging. And then that second phase where the public gets to choose things and now we've got our winners last weekend we announced them uh it's it's an exciting time and really some amazing photography we we saw the first glimpse of it when you released the short list for the public to vote on but now as we see how everything shook out with the winners and, and the choices uh very amazing stuff right yeah, no, one of my favorite jobs of the year, Dean. Absolutely. It's Better one of the than budgets, things. right? Better, Better than, than budgets. budgets right yeah, <laughs> we were chatting just before we came on, weren't we? I'm doing budgets at the moment. So, no, this is this is one of my favorite jobs of the year. Uh, as you say, just, you know, the opportunity to engage with some of these spectacular images, to be on the judging panel, to be able to shortlist them and then see how the public votes against the, the judging votes itself and then to announce the winners. And, you know, to, for people like Chris, who we're going to talk to in a minute, to hear his stories behind this. 
And I think that's something we did a little bit differently this year. In previous years, we've just put out the image, but right. actually that story behind it and, you know, how the, the photographer kind of got into position to, to, to take these images and, you know, either were lucky to just be in the right place at the right time or actually did a little bit of planning to make sure they, you know, they were, they were primed and ready knowing that, you know, events were going to happen, whether events were going to come. Uh, to hear that story, I think is fan- fantastic. And But every year, it amazes me, you know, the quality of images that we get in, not only the number, but the quality, high quality of images. And whether that's from the young photographer of the year, you know, we had some images from five-year-olds this year. Wow. And the quality of those images were still spectacular. And you had stories like, you know, I was on my way to my grandma and granddad's and we took this photo. It's lovely, really lovely to get that. Um, and you don't have to be a professional photographer. You don't no. even have to have super duper, uh, you know, camera equipment because we have the the mobile category. So a lot of these fantastic images are just taken on people's handheld devices. So it's wonderful. Yeah, I, as you know, you can tell from my enthusiasm. I love being. <laughs> We know you're excited about it, Liz, and 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 I think your excitement and the excitement that we've had here at AccuWeather too has certainly permeated people to 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 put their best up. Let let's bring in. This is the winner of the overall contest. The photographer of the year is chosen by the judging panel, and his name is Christopher Eisen. And Christopher uh, took a picture of a, an amazing. A breaking wave and a part of a storm that goes back to Storm Eunice. And this was from earlier this year. This was a, a winter storm in the uh, in the UK. And uh, Chris, let's bring you in and talk about how you set up. You knew that storm was coming. Uh, and what did you think? Did you have a plan in your mind as you went to 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 try to capture this uh, kind of image, or is was it more of a matter of chance as some of these can be? No, this was well planned, actually, um, which is quite unusual for me. But anyway, uh, yeah, this case, the storm was flagged up several days before. You know, it, it was like it was it was coming and uh, everybody knew. And the, the weather forecasters actually nailed it to almost to the minute. It was amazing. Uh, and they predicted it to come in at, uh, at midday. Uh, and I, I thought, where, where am I going to go? that's going to show it how do you how do you illustrate a storm you could you you can't see a storm you can only see the effects of a storm so um got to be the sea i live near the coast uh, i had been to this location before and i looked at the tide times and it was fake because the high tide hit was, was scheduled to hit exactly the same time as the storm so i thought well it's, i've got to go there got to see it got to got to record this because it's going to be huge and uh, it just went like clockwork. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, we like to wait. Winch. Well, you probably don't, but we like to winch about weather forecasts. Oh, they got it wrong again. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we do too. We 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 do it to ourselves as meteorologists. <laughs> uh, ge- geographically, let's get people up to speed. This was taken on the on the southern coast of of, of England, right? Uh, yeah, uh, a place called right New, there, Haven. New Haven, which is right That's on the right. English Channel, right? Yep, exactly. Yes. So people might have heard of Brighton. It's quite close to Brighton. That's famous. I'm a soccer um, fan. I've heard of that. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. Uh, they're sponsored by American Express. Maybe I shouldn't mention that. Uh, there anyway. you go. Um, and that's about an hour and a half from me. Uh, so, you know, it's a bit of an effort to get there and um, listen to the radio the whole time, all the way down. And, and the, the radio saying, oh, don't go out. You're going to die. It's going to be horrific, <laughs> you know. Um, but I had a plan and 
the thing that always people always say to me, oh, you must have been drenched to the skin because of all that rain. It's like, well, it, it wasn't raining. It, it was just the massive, wind and the, the waves wind. at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm on top of a cliff lying on my belly uh, with the winds, obviously the winds at my back. Um, so I was perfectly safe because the wind was only blowing me back onto the, you know, the top of the cliff uh, rather than off it. And uh, I was quite comfortable, yeah, lying there for an hour or two, um, taking pictures. But what was hard was seeing the lighthouse because every time a wave came through, the, the the mist, not not the mist, the spray from the sea, it, everything just is it, invisible. But it's like you know when you get in the car in the morning and everything's misted up, you know. Yeah, right. All of that, yeah, just really weird. So you just had to pause, wait. Sometimes I just kept shooting, even though I couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> so I, you know, it's good, good. Just keep keep firing. Liz, let's talk about that storm. Eunice was was at the leading edge of that really bad batch of really cold air that just spun up that huge storm. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? One of those, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sudden, you know, polar and vortex this, that released the the air. Yeah, yeah. And this was the first ever red warning. That's the highest level of warning that we have across. It came across the southern UK. We get them elsewhere across the northern part of Scotland, for example. But this was first one. And as Chris said, it was really well forecast days in advance. And you know, the detail of the forecast. Was was, was very precise so to plan for this was great but i think i think for me you look at this image so the the, the lighthouse needed to be in the image to really yeah, get absolutely scale to get perspective yep, yep but the lighthouse is at the back so it's not the dominating feature the dominating feature here is this wave mm. so you need the lighthouse but you don't want it to dominate and and again you can look at the detail the spectacular detail it almost looks like there's kind of facial figures coming out of the wave Ooh, my daughter yeah. said it almost looks like a lion's face with a mane yeah. get, or some Greek really? God that is angry yeah. at, at us and saying, "Here's what you get for uh, doing exactly. all this." It yeah, feels alive, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. So I think the the position of the wave, and you know, you've got the lighthouse to give the context of the size, but it doesn't dominate. It, so everything just came together. It, it is just a spectacular image. So you you said, Chris, you were you were kind of kind of hunkered under a place or in, in a place that you were dry. How long did you to lay there for that picture or, or how many pictures did you take before you got that exact oh, one? Just crazy amount of pictures because yeah. I, like I say, you couldn't see so much. I probably I'm guessing, but maybe a thousand something wow. like that. Just, just crazy. And I've got, I've got a load of great pictures, not the only great picture that I took, but that's, that seems to be the one that people, I put a few up uh, on social media that day and uh, that seemed to be the one that everyone pointed to as being the best but uh, funny enough you should mention the face I, I had another picture which i didn't enter which i call neptune rising which is mm. taken from uh, sea level pretty much uh there's no lighthouse it's just the wave coming over and it's a very very distinct face coming out with with a sort of like this long hair train have you seen it. that liz you're nodding your head you know you yeah no but I, yeah I, I mean again sounds spectacular no i haven't yeah. seen that one and maybe enter it next year chris it'll still be valid <laughs> is that right uh, okay I'll give that how a long go. have you been how long have you been doing weather photography chris or has it been a passion for a long time in your life or is this uh, just something you got into specifically weather no so i've been a photographer my whole life i spent 25 years in news editorial um, and then eight years ago, went freelance to do commercial work. So I did a lot of cruise line work. Uh, English Heritage is a big um, company, uh, charity that I do a lot of work for here. Um, and I, I get out and do landscapes kind of for therapy, really, um, mm. for myself, you know, 
it's when you've had a busy week, you can go sit on a hillside and watch the light change. That, that's quite mindful. Um, it is. It, it's it's relaxing. Some people yeah. would find it frustrating and unnerving. And, you mm. know, if are you going to get the right shot? I think the times that you get the best shots are the times you least expect that. You go in with a general plan, right? And then uh, sure. you hope for the best. And this is a time that you got the best in that situation. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't always plan, but you've got to just enjoy the moment and uh, and just, just take it in. You, you can't have a winner every time. There's always luck involved. <laughs> Well, Chris, we appreciate you joining us. I know your your schedule is busy. I'm going to talk to Liz a little bit more here about some of the other aspects of the competition. But thank you so much for putting that amazing image in. Congratulations. Welcome. And are you still walking on cloud nine? With yeah, 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 yeah. Totally elated. Yeah, but yeah. It's funny. I only learned the origins of cloud nine about 12 months ago. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> I've got a great book, uh, the cloud spotters guide. I don't know if you've read that. Uh, no, I haven't. Just, I may have. Yeah. To. Yeah. It's a great, great book, but yeah, definitely on cloud nine. Yeah. Chris, how do, how do we see some of your other work? Is there a place we can go online and see any of your other work? Yeah. My website's just my name, Chris, Christopher com. We will put that in our notes section of our podcast. Chris, thanks for being cool. with us. Appreciate it. So, Liz, there are some other categories we want to talk about. First of all, um, so we so Christopher's was the judged overall winner of the year. Um, I want to talk about a couple of the um, the runners up from that judging. The second place is uh, from a photographer from Toronto, Canada, Jianyan Zhu or Zhao, I believe, um, and uh, amazing crystallization picture of kind of a waterfall with that ice it's just gorgeous picture is that one there frozen is the name of it taken in ontario canada was the the runner up right yeah beautiful and and one of those images we say about this every year but this is one of those images where you could spend hours just scrutinizing the detail i would i would encourage people to go and look at the website of the images and to zoom in on the detail. So particularly the icicle detail on the rock formation. Oof, yeah. It is exquisite. And then zoom in a little bit closer to the, the small hook that's down at the bottom of the basin of, of the reservoir. Again, the icicle detail on that hook. But you start to see that. Yeah. Oh, on, my goodness. That's, yeah. The light inside that hook, the contrast of that, that's that warmth against the cold outside. I mean, there is some beautiful detail in that picture that it is a spectacular image when you step back. But really, it's one of those you need to go and, and zoom in and have a look at the detail. It is exquisite. And then the second runner up or third place for again, this was by the judges uh, was it's called Ghost Under the Cliff. Uh, under the cliff. It's taken by Emilie Villamayla Benito from Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, that's it's gorgeous. It looks like it's one of those halo situations and it looks like an angel in the middle of that. Just absolutely spectacular. Yeah, so this is called Broken Spectre. And as you say, it's a it's an optical illusion. And basically, it's the image of the photographer that appears in a, a full yeah. circular rainbow. Now, we, we often get Broken Spectre images submitted to uh, this competition. But this one in particular was, you know, very clear, beautiful image. And, and again, that's the main focus. But off to the right of the image, you've got some beautiful light just on the vegetation. And again, the yeah. contrast of the two, the bright, clear, crisp, kind of brightness of the vegetation and then this eerie mist down in the valley it, it's the you know it was again it was a, a beautiful setting for that image but a really good example of Brock and Spectre. 
Then as, uh, you know, one of the first little uh, extra categories that you you folks added a couple of years ago was the Young Weather Photographer of the Year uh, part of the competition. And this year it's the Tyndall Effect uh, by Shreya Nair from uh, India. And uh, this is absolutely gorgeous, too. And something that where I live, there's woods and I get this effect every once in a while. It's just it's just beautiful to be walking through the woods and see this diffused light. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and there are a couple of images that were shortlisted, but also in the kind of winning categories that, you know, everybody thinks weather has to be boom, bang, you know, lightning, tornadoes, big explosions, the waves, obviously the winning image that we've just talked about. This is one of those images where everything is calm and benign and, you know, but it, it's, it, so you've got the, the tree line, you've got the, the sun rays coming through, you've got low mist kind of in the in the region of the, the woodlands and it's just the whole of that coming together. It is, it's, it's one of those images, it will it will relax you. It'll certainly, you know, it's, it's one to kind of have on as a screensaver. If you just need to de-stress and relax a little bit so the other end of the scale but we, we do have a few of those like that in this shortlist that are the the benign end and quite hard sometimes to capture that mood but this one certainly does speaking of mist and that's uh when we go to the final category that is the uh mobile device photographer of the year category and this is uh entitled scotch mist by vince campbell that sounds like a drink that uh liz well it's liz's happy hour as we record this here uh not necessarily ours here in the united states but beautiful uh scotland uh, near a lock uh some mist that is just kind of hanging around just a, a beautiful picture that was uh captured on a trip by someone yeah, so Vince was just taking his two dogs, Oscar and Ollie, out for a walk and, you know, saw this this beautiful setup. So at the front of the image, you've got these beautiful kind of pine trees that give this vertical uh, structure. And that's quite dominant because behind it, then you've got the kind of soft mist. So again, you've got that lovely contrast between a sharp image of the trees and then the, the mist that's just sitting in the valley uh, close to uh, Loch Lomond in Scotland. So hence Scotch mist because it's obviously taken in Scotland beautiful image again another one of those that's very very tranquil and, and lovely to just sit and look at one thing that we should mention is you can uh, obviously go to www.rmets.org slash photography if you want to see the winners and all the finalists and uh, you guys every year get together a, a weather photographer of the year calendar and on the online shop at our Mets site you can order that now it's on pre-sale right yeah, a great Christmas present. Let's mm -hmm. talk about this. Yeah, no, it's 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 easy for us when we've shortlisted these images really just to think about how can we share that wider with with the public so this annual annual calendar that we produce as you say available uh to pre-order now ready for christmas uh, ideal present but we we also this year have produced a weather photographer book um force of nature and that looks back at the last five years worth of images now that is a spectacular book also available from our shop so if you're wanting to have a kind of wider view of, of the images uh, and and find out a little bit more about um i guess how how they relate to meteorology climate things like that there's some uh, there's some really nice images and essays in there as well liz i like the fact that we're taking something that we uh, was started as just a, a look at beauty but we're, we're really trying to teach uh, change that a little bit and create a, a teaching uh situation for people to you know they see these things and you know you may not see this exact image but you say oh i've seen something similar to that oh what causes that 
And then in these descriptions and write-ups, that's what we're doing here is we're educating people on how this kind of setup occurs. And I think that's a, a great fun thing to do to be entertaining with the beauty of the uh, of the weather but also to be um, educating people on what's exactly causing that so they can be able to educate others as well yeah I, I absolutely agree and you know some people will just get beauty from the image but a lot of people do kind of question so you know why what's going on in the atmosphere for this to happen and you know we can we can kind of add that not just the personal story of the photographer but the kind of the science lesson but done in a nice way in a fairly informal way just to for you know for those people who have that inquisitive mind just to find out more and and maybe then start to think okay i could take this image not only you know i've, I've got a, a handheld device to do this but i now know the conditions of the atmosphere so we've we've got our public favorite uh, which is the rainbow you know and again you yeah need that's the last one i was going to get to a double rainbow it's a gorgeous rainbow. rainbow right and you need certain conditions in the atmosphere for a rainbow you need the sun behind you you need you know obviously shower clouds you need sun and, and rain going on at the same time and again you know the winner of this jamie russell he he knew where he needed to be to take this image and he, he kind of drove across the isle of Wight, which is a small island just off the south coast of the uk he waded into water waist deep, fully clothed, because he knew he just had to get that right position of the sun to capture this image. So, you know, the length people will go to to do that. I'm not recommending this for everybody, but, uh, you know, but you, you need to have a bit of an understanding of what's going on in the atmosphere. And so by educating people, they're in a better position to capture these spe spectacular images as well. Yeah, that name of that photog photograph is Departing Storm over... Is it just Bembridge Lifeboat Station? Is that how you say that there? Taken by Jamie Russell, the Isle of Wight. You know, about that public voting, um, 22 finalists representing 15 countries, 5,500 votes cast. Pleased with that uh, as that that part of the competition starts is, is getting more popular, right? People getting involved and wanting to put their own cast and spin on this uh, situation. Yeah, and, and each year, you know, it's it's just great to see how the public vote differently, I guess, from the judges. So this was chosen. It wasn't one of our finalists. Uh, it was obviously shortlisted, but not one of the main winners. And it's great then we can, you know, recognize somebody else's. And again, just that whole story behind it of, of how Jamie positioned himself to, to get this. He'd gone chasing a storm. He knew they were kind of leaving the uh, side of the island. He had to get there in time and so forth. And, and as you say, just having that interest... And, you know, you've got people, obviously, photographers from the UK, but, you know, we've got photographers from America, from, uh, we've talked about Barcelona as well. There's, it gets that worldwide interest, both in submissions, but also in the, the public vote as well. A few remaining moments with Professor Liz Bentley. Um, Liz, looking at uh, the stories, I know we're preparing for some problems this winter here in the United States. What's the early call for uh, Great Britain and Europe in terms of the winter. It looks like uh, there could be some rough patches again uh, from what I'm seeing. Yeah, all eyes on the seasonal forecast, I think, for this year, as you say, you, yourselves as well, you know, people are really not wanting a cold winter with the, the cost of energy at the moment. So I think it's the tale of two halves for us at the moment. It looks like uh, we could see a, a chillier November and December. So high pressure dominating, meaning more settled conditions. If we get a northerly flow, that will certainly bring the temperatures down, but cold nights. But if we move into January and February, it looks like the, the jet stream gets a little bit more active and we could see a little bit more of a mobile generally brings milder conditions but more wet and windy conditions so probably a tale of two halves if, if the seasonal forecast goes to plan anything else going on i mean uh, we talked uh, uh, when we visit about you know obviously uh, the war in eastern europe and 
uh, and that kind of thing. But uh, in terms of where you are, um, I know you're coming off of being so involved with the, you know, the climate change conference and everything, just kind of settling in and getting things through right now. What's what's going well, on in Great Britain? So we're, we're ramping up for the next COP, COP27, which okay. is in so obviously COP26 was big for us. It was in Glasgow in the UK, but we are attending. I'm going to Egypt uh, in a few weeks to attend COP27. We won't have as much going on, but it's co- it's been called the African COP. It's obviously in the African continent. So a lot of uh, activities that we're doing are links to the African nation work that we've done recently launched a regional African Met Society. And again, I'll be promoting that at the event. And I, interestingly enough, so there was a baton, a big wooden baton that's been taken from Glasgow all the way to Egypt. And it came through <laughs> and I, I ran eight kilometers. Oh, kilo- wow. Kind uh, of like the Olympic on. torch kind of thing. It's a yeah, baton. It's we we would say baton here, you know. <laughs> uh, and inside it, there's a yeah. script from the youth of the UK. Oh, and wow. it's, we're taking it to Egypt uh, and it will be given to the policymakers, decision makers. It's a call to action, you know. That's we need- nice. So I was involved with that. And I'm hopefully going to pick up one of the stages when I'm in Egypt as well. That's great. Um, we'll visit with you when you get back from that and settle and see what uh, has come from that. Because I know... Yeah, you're right. Uh, this is uh, with with the world economy now on on the way it is and everything with everything going on, a lot of concern about um, heating, cooling, global warming, everything. I mean, this becomes more and more of an issue. Liz, it's always great to spend time with you. Appreciate your friendship and your uh, great information. And I hope we can do this again with Weather Photographer of the Year next year again. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Dean. Pleasure as always. We'll have links for this down in our notes section, but if you're just listening, you can get to this easily. Just go to rmets.org, R-M-E-T-S.org. And across the top, one of the headlines is Weather Photographer, and you will get to the page where you can see all these amazing images and all the information and then all the things that you need to know to get ready to do this again for next year. Can't wait to... Talk about this in 2023. Coming up next, we'll talk about the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. 
Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Episode 7 of our fall series rolls on, and it's our second segment where we talk about the weather forecast for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. And as we take a look at the weekend weather map from AccuWeather, you know, some things are pretty apparent here as we get into the middle of October. Some of those really cold punches of air are starting to make some inroads. And there's one this weekend that's making it through much of the uh, eastern plains states and into the Great Lakes, uh, some chilly rain and snow showers up in parts of Minnesota and Wisconsin wrapping around as we go through uh, Friday night into Saturday. Could be some chilly showers around there. One thing, it looked like this cold air was going to push farther south faster uh, when we looked at it a few days ago, but it looks like it's kind of content to stay in the Great Lakes through the weekend and then start making pushes towards the northeast as we get into the upcoming part of next week, probably by Monday or Tuesday. Meanwhile, really nice weather. Now, for the weekend itself, we had some really nasty rain showers overnight into the early parts of Friday morning along the 95 corridor from New York to Boston. But that lifts out. Friday gets great. Saturday looks amazing up and down the eastern seaboard. And so does Sunday. Maybe some bonus beach weather as you go down in the southeast coast to Florida and back to the... uh, Parts of the central and to a point in the western Gulf, there will be showers and some rain as you go into Texas, something they need, and into the Four Corners area. And again, a front with some showers draped along uh, places south of St. Louis towards Little Rock, Arkansas. But again, that chilly air in the upper Midwest, warm temperatures in the Pacific Northwest. The ridge is building there, and that's where it'll stay warm. Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, warmer than normal temperatures. We'll see that warmth try to push farther eastward as we go through the upcoming week. Not sure how much success it will have, but certainly uh, keep an eye as you go over the weekend for a few issues as we go into it. And one of those issues is a storm setup with significant rainfall. It looks like over Texas Saturday night through Sunday into Monday and Monday night. Overrunning, we call it. There's a stalled out front and then southerly tropical moisture flowing up over that from the Gulf of Mexico. And so Laredo, Houston, up through south central Texas, so all the way to Albuquerque, New Mexico, could see some significant rainfall. And that's something we'll keep an eye on as we go over the weekend. And, um, yeah, I think there's some definitely colder air that's going to be pushing towards the uh, northeast as we get into the uh, first to middle part of next week. Something that we need to keep an eye on is this big bowling ball low with all that cold air kind of rotates in that direction. And so that will wrap up our Episode 7. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to our guests from the Royal Meteorological Society. Thanks to our hundreds of team members across the country who work so hard every day to make sure that your weather life is impacted and and really just uh, weatherproofed all day long. You can do that on all our sources, AccuWeather.com, our AccuWeather apps, and our AccuWeather network, which is also available on AccuWeather.com as AccuWeather Now. For Ken Prell and Andrew Robb and all of us, thanks for listening. We'll be back with Episode 8 next week of our fall series. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.